Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Worldwide Knicks Podcast. Back at full strength this week, Omar, Rafa, Alex, how are you guys doing on this fine Sunday evening? Terrible, Omar. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was thinking uh, earlier, uh, you always try and talk us out of doing uh, post-game pods. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm really glad you do, because if we tried <laughs> to do a pod yesterday, it would have been like a five-parter KF, KFS style, I think, with you just ranting <laughs> just on. Just ranting crazy, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. usually an angry person, but I was very angry yesterday. You might have noticed that in the, in the group chat, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> like, was, uh... Rafa was the smart one. He was at a Benfica yeah. game... It, and didn't have didn't need to endure this this torture yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was like um watching the game at halftime. Oh, let's see how's the Knicks. Let me look at the Knicks. Mm. This might be a close game. Yeah. Because mm. you know, you know, I, I tweeted it. I was like the game was uh half time half time and I started watching a, a bit of the game on the phone, and it's like mm, I definitely made the right choice not staying home for this game. I definitely it was I saw it I say yeah this one is an this one sucks this one is a loss this this roll I actually was between water and wine again so but uh, I stick with the water because I still okay I'm still a bit positive he was he had the well, Jesus like, dilemma you know the, the he had the Jesus dilemma do I turn into water or do I turn into wine this time you know and yeah um, but the, these these early games you. as well for us Omar the um like when you win, that's great and everything. You can enjoy it, but see when you lose, it's ruins your like, night. Normally, when like me and Rafa anyway are watching a game and it's like two, three in the morning, and you're getting, you know, it's a terrible game. The team's playing terrible. You're so tired and half drunk, and you get slipping in and out of consciousness, and you're wow. just like, oh, whatever. I'll just go to bed. <laughs> but then, you know, these early games, you've got the energy to get annoyed about it. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a gift and a take... curse for you guys. You know, that's that's kind of what that is. Yeah. I will take the L for that for this one because yeah. every game I had I, I drunk the same type of beverage, the Knicks won. And obviously last night I didn't. And so we got blown out. So I take the L. I will dr- I will continue drinking for the rest of the series. It's good stuff. Rafa put it's you know the making, the, making the necessary penis, sacrifices over there, you know, in, in Portugal. So Good stuff there. Um, Let's dive in, guys. So since we last spoke, uh, Knicks have won a game and they've lost a game. So they they win in uh, at the Garden against um, against the Heat in a game that did not feature Jimmy Butler. That was probably a little closer than it should have been. Uh, That was the Gabe Vincent uh, coming out party. Right. And then yesterday we had the debacle uh, against Miami in South Beach uh, with a 19-point, 105-86 loss. And, um, you know, it's put, put the Knicks in a little bit of a must-win situation uh, next game. You, know, you don't want to go down 3-1 heading back uh, to New York. So what's what's caused this, you know, we kind of alluded to how bad the game was. I think the game was so bad that a lot of Knicks fans are like, well, it's been a fun season. This series is over um, while down to one. So uh, I guess, Alex, do you think that the series is indeed over? No, I mean, definitely not. I mean, um, I'm obviously somebody that understands things like uh, percentages and probability and things like that. But still, I, I find it fascinating, even just as a sports fan, the the psychology of, you know, the, the series score. 
in the fact that you know you know if we win the next one suddenly we're back to being the favorites again do you know it, it, it's like just that that one difference of whether you're down three one or you're two you're two two do you know it's just like it's just one game but the the difference in that result just psychologically is, is incredible you know and stats wise how many people come back from uh you know one three and things like that so it's um i don't think game three was you know had had as much importance but you're right you know if if we'd won it we would have been real favorites but we lost it and now game four is absolutely a must win so um you know but it would be very nixian to to um you know win win tomorrow night and then lose game five so at home after we've got the momentum back so um it's so hard to predict these series especially with all the injuries and things going down um so I think, um, yeah, we just have to focus on focus on winning game four, and that's that's look no further than that. So it's yeah, we're two one, but losing game three like this, hmm. especially after not blowing them out without Jimmy Butler, I understand that it it's not it's not a greatest feeling. I don't have the greatest feeling going into the rest of the series right now because we. We played three games against Miami. We had one okay game, which we won. The others have been kind of, especially this game three, is mm -hmm. kind of a stinker. So I understand that. Yeah, that first like, quarter it game is one, though, man. We we'll always have that, you know. <laughs> cherish that. Yeah, cherish um, that. yeah, it's, they were, we were trash. We were absolutely god-awful last night. I, I. I've pained myself through it. I watched most of the game, just fast forwarding a lot of bits of the game. I I, I was making a lot of, oof. oh my God. I'm like, yeah, glad I, I didn't see this live. I'm glad this wasn't it, a 3 a.m. game. I'm glad I didn't stay uh, home at 8.30 uh, here to watch the, the game. I'm glad, especially because Benfica won, so. Got that. Uh, I meant to ask you because I like you. We were so engrossed in talking about the Knicks. I'm like, man, you went to the game. Did Benfica actually win? You know, <laughs> and at least you got to see they one did, team they win, did. you know, yeah. which is great. You know, that's why I have the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stage. Not the wine. Right. Because, yeah. Okay. I, I totally get you now. Uh, you know, you know what's funny, guys? I look at this, this series, the way it's folding out or, or playing out, excuse me. And you basically have two schools of Nick fans. You have one who are saying, you know, we no one predicted us to get here. We were supposed to be a playing team, and and you know we are exceeding all expectations. But then you have the other things like once it became clear that we were getting Miami and not Milwaukee, the expectation shifted into making the conference final because on paper we have a better roster. And you know, it's I find myself kind of struggling on where to be because like normally I'd just be, Hey, you know, we weren't supposed to be here, you know, lucky enough. We won a playoff series. Like who are we, but also like, I'm looking at this heat team, man. And it's just like, yes, you have Jimmy Butler. Yes. You have Bam Adebayo who's been okay. This series, he hasn't been great. And, uh, but Jimmy obviously has been amazing this whole playoff. And you're, you're looking like Max Struess is like getting open for layups. Gabe Vincent's knocking down threes. Duncan Robinson has made an appearance all of a sudden, you know, he's been like in and out of the rotation all year for that team. And 
you know, Kevin Love is is sending these three quarter court passes and and making plays, and you're just looking. It's like, man, like we should beat these guys. You know, you you can't help but think that. And you know, they got playoff experience. You know, hard to deny that. You know, Love has won a championship. Um, Bam and Jimmy went to a finals together in the bubble. You know, you can't discount that experience uh, because they had they have a bunch of it up and down that roster. And I think that's really what what's starting to show. Um, but is the series over? I don't think it's over. I mean, again, you're down 2-1. There's still games to play. It's not like you're down 3-0, okay? And, you know, you you get, like you said, Alex, you win one game, the whole narrative and the whole vision of the of the series shifts if you're going, if you're tied 2-2 going back to MSG. But I'm not going to lie, guys. It uh, doesn't feel great right now, right? Like, it's uh, it's it's a thing where, you know, you're, the team has not looked good. You're not making shots. You're uh, the deep. There's a bunch of defensive lapses. Uh, the effort defensively, especially yesterday, was not there from a lot of players. And you know, you're starting to see like, you know, maybe we've kind of hit that wall, and you know, we're just not good enough to get past this team. Those thoughts start kind of creeping in. And um, so, you know, we're, but the reality is the reality. We're down two one. And, you know, game four is an absolute must win. Uh, if you don't win this, I mean, then you could fairly say series is likely over. Um, but I do kind of want to get into uh, kind of like a, a rotation change that happened in this series that has been pretty hotly contested. Uh, so Josh Hart has been starting the game, all three games of this series so far and will likely start game four over Quentin Grimes, who was starting the entire bulk of the regular season and up until he got injured in the Cleveland series. Um, so do you guys think that they should just go back to Grimes starting from a shooting perspective, or do you just ride it out with Josh Hart? No, definitely. I definitely think um should go back to Grimes. And, you know, Hart can still play big minutes from, from his sixth-man role and, um, you know, especially if quickly's a doubt as well, uh, we're going to need uh, him with the second unit, I think. So, I, I mean, even going back to the Cavs series, um, I said in the pod, I thought Grimes is going to be, you know, one of the most important players in, you know, in the playoff um, series. So I, I expected a lot more from him, but he's he's obviously been in the Cavs series as well, been been used primarily just as a a defensive stopper, you know, and um, you know, he's getting very few shots and um I didn't quite see it panning out that way. I thought, you know, with the defense he's focused on Brunson and Randall, I thought, you know, he was gonna get a lot of open looks, but um just the way the system's worked out, it's 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 just not happened like that. And he's obviously had injury concerns as well. So yeah, I've been uh, really disappointed from that side of things. But I think even just from a spacing side of things and and you know, he can slow Jimmy down as well. Um, I don't think Hart's the only player in the roster that can do that. I think, um, yeah, I think we should stop worrying so much about, you know, just stop stopping Jimmy at all costs because um, it's clearly cl- clearly didn't work in the, a couple of the games. So, you know, I think, I think, yeah, definitely should go back to what, you know, what, you know, what the system and what the, what the roster's used, been used to throughout the season. So we've had that very set rotation for a while. So, and it was working so well with Hart off the bench. So, so why not, you know, and the, the key part to it is that, you know, Hart's going to end up in the closing lineups. Um, 
you know, I'd just like to see, you know, start a lot better. You know, it was one of it was one of the things throughout the season that that got us so many wins was, you know, we started games so well. Um and we've kind of gone away from that now. And it just the start of game the game three was just abysmal. It was absolutely shocking. So um yeah, I think I think we need to go back to what we're used to. Um and certainly get more of a more of a threat from three. Um, you know, yes, tech technical probably our best three point shooter, and we just need to find somebody that can hit a shot right now. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's uh should go go back to Grimes with this in the starting lineup. Um, especially, I think I mentioned this well last week. Uh, at that second unit with. The the guys at Hartenstein is the oldest on that team on that second unit, and it's like it it, it kind of shows how green they can be, mm. and they need that that uh extra, not like Josh Hart is a veteran, but he's a different type of player. He's a, a, a more well rounded, not well rounded, but more savvy player to be the out there to guide the young uh, the young uh, young guys, especially on defense and motivating them. So I like that role he has on the second unit. I always like I I liked it all uh, after the trade. So Grimes should just go back to the starting lineup if he's able to do so. I don't know if he's it's a bit of limit uh, minutes limitations as well because of the shoulder. Um, uh, but if not, if he's good to go, if he's a hundred percent or ninety five percent, he should start and just let Josh Hart come come off the bench. I mean, Jimmy is playing almost every minute as well, so. He will be able to, and it's not like Josh Hart is stopping Butler completely. We've seen that. We've seen now that it's not quite possible to to stop playoff Jimmy. You can only always only contain him. Um, it's like if you can you can adjust a bit. If it Josh Hart, Grimes, if Randall, if needed a bigger body. It, at point RJ, I mean, we can shift around if ne if needed. It doesn't have to be Josh Josh Hart hundred percent of the time. If that helps that second unit a, a lot more to be productive, because that second unit has been terrible all uh, all playoffs long. Basically, it's been they've been so helpful that game three, uh, even that game two, and that uh, that second the second quarter quickly and Obi were. Kind of rough. So if that having Josh Hart there helps them, please do that. Because like Alex said, Josh Hart will mo probably close out the game. So just let let's let them start a little bit uh, later. It was supposed to be one of the strengths of the of the team, wasn't it? You know, coming into certainly the series as well was was that bench unit. So. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? The Miami's bench has severely outplayed our bench. And I think the big reason for that is because Hart isn't there. And, like, it, this was the case a couple of years ago with Derrick Rose, you know, where he he kind of anchored that that bench unit. And um, and now, like, you take Hart off of that, that bench unit, and then they're kind of lost. And, you know, those minutes have been terrible for us this series. And... You know, yeah, if, if Grimes is healthy enough to go, you should throw him back in the starting lineup. One, for that reason. Two, from a spacing perspective, because after that first first half or first quarter in game one, Spolster's like, oh, let, I'm going to implement more zone and, and dare them to make threes. And guess what? They haven't made threes. 
So you throw in Grimes in that starting unit, who's a better three-point shooter than Josh Hart, period. Uh, I mean, Josh Hart lost a three-point shooting contest to J.J. Reddick's kid recently. So, you know, that's, I don't know if you guys saw that. But, <laughs> um, but you know, like, Quentin Grimes, like, he gives them the threat, you know, that they, that he can hit those shots. Whereas mm-hmm. I think they don't, they aren't really respecting Josh Hart's ability to hit that shot. And, uh, you know, so that's, that could change the way that they approach defense. And, you know, it's like, do I think that Thibodeau is going to do it? Probably not. I feel like he's kind of sold on this uh, idea of Hart in the starting lineup uh, right now. And, you know, he's, he, he might just decide to live or die with that decision. And, um, I mean, if the first three games are any indication, more than likely going to die by that decision, you know, because, like I said, the, it, it just hasn't been good. It hasn't looked good. And I, I think you need you need that shooter out there to be able to, you know, keep the defense thinking about that possibility because you have three guys. And, and if you throw in Mitch Robinson there as well, four guys who like to operate in the paint. So, um, yeah, you're going to need – need to free up that space somehow some way yeah because josh hart is just not going to be that perimeter threat that grimes is going to be um i'm curious how many minutes they would play him but you know like you guys said even if it's just like 15 to 20 minutes that's something and you could still have that closing lineup with hart but you still want to kind of get off to that good start that's how this team has done well this year is getting off to good starts in the first quarter and give you know, kind of setting the tone, and then kind of you know, kind of continuing that with Josh Hart later in the game. But, um, um but yeah, sorry, ahead, Alex. Sorry, Omar. Uh, I was just thinking you mentioned expectations earlier, and mm-hmm. um, I think what we do need to respect is is is, I mean, respect and Miami Heat aren't two words I usually put together or three words. <laughs> um, the um, but you know, th- this is a team that. You know, last year was in the, the you know the, the conference finals. Um, it is a team that's you know regularly in the playoffs. Um, obviously competing in the playoffs. It's a team that very obviously underachieved this in the regular season this year. Shouldn't been anywhere near the um, the seventh seed. Um, and they did have to deal with a lot of injuries. They've got, uh, we were talking about the bench unit there. I mean, they've got guys like, you know, Kevin Love and, you know, Kyle Lowry have been there and done it, won, won titles. They've got amazing experience coming off the bench. Um, and they've obviously got a coach who, although in some bizarre way has never won the Coach of the Year award, is, you know, everybody pretty much agrees he's probably one of the best coaches in the league. Um, so I think talking about expectations for for us you know as a team still a young team uh, obviously very inexperienced team uh, coming up against guys like that I, I don't think as much as I was so angry yesterday I think you know we can't beat ourselves up too much for being in this position I'm sure if we said at the start of the start of the year that you know we'd be in the second round and getting angry about you know not going up to one against the heat you know <laughs> something like that then you know um, from where we've come from last year, I think uh, you know it's still it's still an excellent season, no matter what happens in this series. So, I think we do need to temper our, our frustrations a little bit. Yeah, and the expectations. Like, I always felt weird. Like after the uh, the we won, okay, we beat the Cavs. How oh, we beat the Cavs were unstoppable. The Heat beat the Bucks. 
<laughs> why are people why were, were people talking about oh we're gonna smash the, the heat now as well. they beat the bucks like it's yeah. it, it wasn't seven games it was like we did four yeah. one against the bucks the, the guy the guys were going all the way no excuses they were going to the finals to face whoever in the western conference why would we think that we're the favorites in that series in this series even like Again, it's... you know, you know, it was bad, guys, when you had a bunch of national people saying, "Oh, the Knicks have a pretty clear path to the conference finals," you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh boy, here the we voodoo, go. man, the voodoo, the voodoo." Yeah, it's bad, bad juju there. Uh, national media people, you know, out here. You know what's funny? They'll probably we'll start still get clowned if we lose to this team in, uh, you know, in five or six, you know, because <laughs> we're like, "Oh, it was right there for you, and you fumbled the bag." Classic Knicks. And I was like, no, yeah. Miami's actually playing incredibly good basketball. Like, you may not yeah. respect their the names on their roster. Like, admittedly, I didn't, you know. And, uh, but you know, they 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 have a chemistry there. They they know what they can do, and they have a player. They have the best player in the series right now. You know, no doubt about it. Jimmy Butler's the best player in this series. The the other amazing thing you mentioned that Buck series was the is the play in performance where the. Mm. Absolutely did nothing against the Hawks. Yeah. And against the Bulls as well. I don't know if you watched the Bulls game, but they were terrible in that game as well. Yeah. They just they just got over the line enough, you know, just did enough. Um they their yeah, so. run here it has been so I think indicative of the parody in this year's playoff, you know, because there is no great team really, you no. know, and and the if they end up making a run to the finals, um you know that's just that just uh, puts a bow on what this season has been, which is just so unpredictable. We're in 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 such a wide open field that I don't think we've seen honestly since the seventies. You yeah, know, because there is no the, dominant team. Plus, the Celtics and, and Sixers are beating each other up. Um, that could go seven. You know, they could get to the, um, you know, the conference finals and you know have a, you know, a really good chance of getting past whoever comes out the other. Um, the other game, so yeah. Look at us burying our own team already. By the oh, way, I know. awesome I know. job. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's shift gears though. I want to talk a little bit about uh, IQ. Uh, Alex, you mentioned it already. He's doubtful for Game Four tomorrow. Um, he has not looked good this playoff. You know, you can you can take some positive from the defense in Round One, but especially here against against Miami, he's kind of looked lost. Um, so. I guess are we going to see Deuce McBride tomorrow, or do you think we have an even shorter rotation down to eight guys? Or or Forney, who, who I don't know if you saw uh, Ian Begley asked um, tips about Forney earlier, and he said that nothing was off the table. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, hey man, stay ready. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Forney, Derek Rose, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully. Um, Hopefully it's yeah, juice to fill in some minutes at least. Uh, we saw against the Cavs where even coming in for five minutes and you know he does a he does a job on, on Mitchell. So yeah, why why not the same thing here and Butler or something like somebody like that? So he does what yeah. we all wanted Frank Nilakina to do. There I said. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we can edit that one. Right now, yeah. right now that's not Deuce in this series, this playoff run. That's Emmanuel Quickly right now. Emmanuel hmm. Quickly is playing at Frank Nilikina level. Yeah, yeah. I said it. It's 
ridiculous how he's been playing. Like that's the he's just basically saying, yeah, the sixth man of the year was well delivered to to Brogdon because I've been stinking it up in the playoffs. Mm. And that's the to me, that's what we needed the most. We talked last weekend how RJ stepping up kind of cleaned up the, the mess of Manuel quickly, but second unit has been so bad. There were a few games that Obi Toppin actually played decent, but he's, well, not great this series either. It's been really, really bad. We need Manuel quickly to be the well sixth man of the year candidate that he was throughout the season. There's no way that we can win without him. Well, obviously, the, the, the big the big three play well. We got it, but Emmanuel quickly needs to do better. He he needs not to be Frank Nilikina like. Please, I thought I thought he looked better in in game four. He looked a wee bit more, you know, his kind of energy was a lot better in in, in game four. A wee bit more like his usual self, and um, but yeah, the shots. You know, the shots were falling. You know, just need need that three point threat from him because it's not coming from anywhere else. Um, him and Grimes just need to step up and start hitting some open shots. Do you know, and yeah, if he's injured now, it could you know it could be the end of his end of his series. So, um, because it is um it is a sprained ankle from what from what I read. So um, you know, they said he's doubtful for game four, but um, I would severely doubt if he's. If he's ready in time, so because the the games are coming back to two day, uh, you know, you know, less of a break now. You've only got a, yeah. a full day in between. So, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be that he's out for more than one. So, um, yeah, but you know, yeah, you know, it's like on one hand, you should not want to have one of your key players get hurt, but he's just been so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And honestly. I would welcome like a like deuce minutes there just from a defensive perspective and uh, the way we've been shooting. I mean, I wouldn't be a hundred percent opposed to Fournier minutes just because, you know, he's always been a talented shooter, you know, and um just yeah. put him on Duncan Robinson, you know, like yeah, I that way, just right? defend oh, neither my each God. <laughs> match for the age for the ages, man. <laughs> It's like oh, that Spider Man meme, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, but one, I, I, one will be I wearing thought... a French flag, and the other won't be. So you know, that's yeah. just the way that goes. Um, but the um, I thought the sixth man of the year might light a fire under quickly. Um, do you know, just that kind of disrespected. Burned thing, him. But it seems to have gone the opposite way, which um, yeah. Not getting the award burned him. It destroyed him. I kind of want to, you know, you we're talking about Quickly's injury. I do want to bring up something that I've seen a couple Knicks fans on Twitter insinuate, which is, you know, Bam Adebayo is kind of uh, in the mix <laughs> on that injury as he was uh, with Jalen Brunson, where it looked like he was stepping on his ankle. Um, so obviously, you know, Nick fans on Twitter are going to go buck, buck wild crazy. Um, you think there's anything anything malicious there from Adebayo or just much ado about nothing? I think this is always going to go in in a kind of playoff game, a bit of back and forth like that, especially next heat where there's a bit of extra, um, you know, animosity. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where you slow it right down. It doesn't look good, but I'd, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't there, think Bam's a dirty player. There. You know, he, he no. doesn't, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think he plays on the edge, but that that's right. a difference. Do you know, like he he um he's a fantastic player. I've really enjoyed watching him as as best best I can. Um, he's uh uh yeah, no, he's 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 just that kind of real aggressive player that yeah, just sometimes spills over. Do you know, like we see kind of Randall do a lot of things, you know, you love Randall's aggressiveness and then sometimes it just kind of spills over into, you know, slightly dirty plays and things like that. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to do something like that, but yeah, it didn't look great, but possibly that's just, as I said, just because it's a super slow replay or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. That kind of approach. It's like the same thing that the Heat fans were saying because uh Jason Hart, Josh Hart, Jason Hart, Josh Hart was a flopper, and so that's why he injured Jimmy Butler. We're like, come on, it's like, no. Could you injure somebody from flopping? That's the, that's a new one on me. That's right. It's it's <laughs> I, I don't know. We should ask Kyle Lowry. He probably injured a few from all the flops. Um, need, uh, need to ask Dylan Brooks about that one. You know, so or or that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like. Even the the, the the foot one doesn't look good, but he's not. I don't think he's looking at Brunson either. Evans and the ball, when we quickly, he's diving for the ball. I mean, it's yeah, that's you saw how many guys. Yeah. If when you die, I mean, if when one is diving for the ball and the other isn't, it, there might be some contact, but you can't forbid someone from diving to the ball to get that ball and stop the fast break. Mm -hmm. So right. I don't I don't I don't mind these those basketball plays at all. I mean, we're talking about a playoffs here where we had Grant Williams get his head stomped in in in, in a game recently, again in a loose ball situation. It's just the playoffs, man. You know, you, there's going to be yeah. more physicality. They're not they're they're going to allow more of it, and we've seen that in this series, and we've seen it across the league. Uh, you know that they're just going to let these guys play a little bit more. Um, let's go in kind of talk a little bit now about about coaching so you mentioned it earlier Alex Spolstra is is a great coach and he's made defensive switches and you know offensive game plan adjustments that that have really worked against the Knicks and you know a lot of again a lot of commentary has been around that he has just run laps around around Thibodeau in this series um so, one, I mean, do you think that's the case? And two, what if it is the case, what are we looking to see from Thibodeau moving forward for the rest of the series? Um, I wouldn't say he's been running laps around Thibodeau. I mean, he, he's he, he's a coach that makes a lot of adjustments during games, no matter whether it's the playoffs or not. I mean, he's a, he's just that kind of coach, uh, whereas Thibodeau is a wee bit more kind of stuck in his ways and he's he's got his system, he's got his kind mm -hmm. of he's got his lineup and, you know, if we keep just trotting the same lineup out, it's going to eventually going to work or click or whatever, you know, it's two different mindsets really. And, you know, and as you said at the very start, you know, it's, you know, this, these performances are not just down to coaching. There's a lot just down to guys, just not hitting shots. And it's, it's as simple as that. And if the guys do start hitting shots and they have to start sending defenders out there, then we'll, then we can start sending Hartenstein and, and Mitch into the paint and start dominating in there where they've only got really um a bam in there to 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 go up against. So it's you know it's 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 kinda 
just so desperate for to see a few of these shots go down early, just to get the guys a bit of confidence. And it's when you it's when these games start, and you know we miss our first say three three pointers or something like that. You're just your kind of shoulders just kind of go, oh, you know, like here we go again, sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it's as I say, when 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 we do that, it's it's easy to game game plan against the Knicks. You know, the switch to zone, just let the guys shoot and 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 pack the paint, and that takes Mitch out of the game completely, pretty much. And you know, it's 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 obviously great coaching but it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward decision to make you know if if we're not hitting shots then he doesn't really need to you know do anything spectacular uh, coaching wise so uh, it's pretty straightforward so just let him shoot yeah it's like alex you, you've said it that two, two weeks ago and we, you've been saying it on the, uh, the the group chat the scouting on the Knicks is not that deep It's go zone, let him shoot threes, let them miss threes, and let's win this. Uh, that's what he's doing. And opinion, yeah. what can you, what can Tibbs do to adjust to that? I mean, they need they need to hit their shots. I mean, yeah. it's I can I can imagine Tibbs and and is having nightmares about not not making a shot to save their lives. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Last game, last night, we hit our starting lineup hit four shots. RJ Barrett and Josh Hart hit two of them, two each. I mean, we and then maybe we can he can try and let make him not not don't settle for the three. Try and get something else, something different, some maybe a mid range whatever. But that doesn't happen. Yeah, and it. They keep shooting. It's what they say, and uh, getting runs around the laps around Tibbs. I don't think. What adjustments do you want Thibodeau to do? Like play Evan Fournier? That's that's the adjustment. I mean, we're talking about getting Grimes into starting lineup, but Grimes isn't hitting shots as well. And if he keeps not hitting shots, the the zone defense will come, and we will eventually lose again. So, I mean, I, I like a lot of our no. players on our roster, but there, there's a lot of players on our roster that are very one-dimensional. Yeah, and yeah. that type of player is much easier to defend and and game plan against. Do you know, it's it's, it's try to that's why it's a team a team game, right? Like you, I I can do this. I can go inside. Please hit your shots from the outside. If you don't do that, you don't help me. Like RJ not hitting his shot. Randall Brunson not hitting a shot like it's the second game that Brunson goes zero from three. It was game one, I think, or whatever. In now game game three, and we we lost both of the, both of those games. So me, it's, I, obviously, I'm not blaming Brunson, but we need to hit those shots. If yeah. we hit shots, oh hey, they need to stop with the the, the with the, the the packing the paint. So you know. It's funny because, like, you can credit Spolstra without having to diss Tibbs, right? <laughs> like, you could just say, hey, Spolstra's an awesome coach. He's made mm -hmm. adjustments. He's exploited the Knicks' weakness as a team. And it doesn't have to be that he's just outcoached him, right? Because, like, to both you guys' point, like, what, what more do you want him to do? Like, we 
outside of throwing Grimes into the starting lineup and swapping him for Hart type thing. Um, it does bring up an interesting point that you mentioned, Alex, about uh, sticking to what you want your identity to be, which is the Thibodeau way, and constantly adjusting, which is the Spolster way. It kind of reminds me of like an, an American football thing, which is, oh, you're going to run the ball, you know, and if you don't run the ball, uh, you have coaches who can say, well, we have to establish the run, you know, and keep at it. Eventually it's going to work. Or you say F that other coaches say F that I'm just going to go to the passing game. And it seems like Spolster is the passing game guy and Thibodeau is the stick to the running game guy. And neither one is wrong. You know, the Thibodeau's looking at it from a perspective like, hey, I've won this way all year. Why wouldn't I win now kind of thing? And Spolster's looking at it from a thing or like, I got to be adjustable. I have a little bit of a talent deficit, uh, you know, especially as we get into like the bench players. And, and you know, I think you, you're just seeing Spolstra as being one of the best coaches that we have in the game today. And to your point, Alex, it's criminal that he's never won coach of the year, but also he really shines in the playoffs usually, right? That's that's kind of when you really see yeah. Spolster's genius, you know, especially with a star player like Jimmy Butler over the past few years who is basically on cruise control until he gets to the All-Star break, you know? So, yeah, where we – I think – I don't know about you guys. I feel like I maybe underestimated just how great he was, you know, uh, in the playoff series because I haven't had – we haven't had to face him in the playoff series in many years, you know, and – uh it's um yeah he's he's put on a, he's put on a clinic man he's been a great coach you know and uh i think he's he's won one in the margins and he's he's squeezed everything he can squeeze out of this team and it's winning them games you know and uh nothing but respect for that um you know you, you guys mentioned uh nick's film school earlier you know they made another american football analogy where they're like yeah the heat are kind of like the New England Patriots, which, you know, like you never count them out for dead, regardless of how anemic their roster may look, you know, that they always just find themselves in big games and big moments and coming through in those big games and big moments. So, you know, I I really don't have much negative to say about, about Spolstra or Tibbs for that matter. You know, I just think that it's just two different styles. Um, I guess for you guys, would you prefer like which style do you like more? Do you like the I'm going to adjust always or are you more into the I'm going to stick with what works guy? I, I do I, as much as I, as much as as much as I like Tibbs, uh, yeah, I, I do prefer a coach that's willing to, you know, adapt as the game goes on and and Tibbs does make adjustments. That's a it's a myth that he's completely stuck in his ways, but mm. you know, his his overriding principles are you know to to go with what he he knows works or he's he's seen work in the past and as you said there's nothing wrong with that but there there are times where you're just like we need to be a little bit more creative than this uh, as rafa pointed out you know like when something's not working don't just keep going again and again and again again it's it must be demoralizing i think um I mentioned the other day about like the fact that you, you know these guys that are out in the print uh, shooting open shots and they can see the disrespect that the the the, the defense is is giving them and and that must get in their head a little bit you know and knowing that, that you know they're just they're just sitting off them and you know just as they're shooting that shot they're just like why is this why am I being left wide open <laughs> you know that's in that's in their head you know rather than just shooting confidently. If you're a player and you see that. 
like make them respect you mm -hmm. don't don't, yeah. don't feel sorry for yourself like uh oh they're uh oh they're doing this to me because i can't hit a shot i maybe i shouldn't take it no make them respect you make them guard you that's the way you need to do you need to I think this team does, and I think it. I felt I felt a little bit watching it at game three. Is like when shots aren't falling, things aren't going hundred percent right. It feels like we fall apart. Players get the the body language gets all over the place, and we don't play defense anymore. Like we get so down when the, the offense isn't flowing, and well. And the offense hasn't been flowing perfectly through the whole entire playoffs. That's because no. the yeah, shot playoffs, hasn't been. Man, it's it's mucky. It's messy. Like, like it's not going to be perfect. You know, no. the shot hasn't fallen for even against the Cavs. We were beating the Cavs. Thing is, we were beating the Cavs not hitting shots because we are we were out out hustling them. Yeah, we were out playing them out, but uh, we're. We were playing more than the we wanted this more than the Cavs wanted basically, mm -hmm. and what I'm seeing is may I always thought that the, the the Knicks and the Heat were toe to toe on that department, but maybe we, we aren't because you were mentioning Omar how you kind of disrespected or you didn't think as highly of these players on the Heat. Everybody thought the same the same thing, so they all got chips on their shoulders to to show that there's something else. So. That motivates them as well, and it's we were we we went too confident into this this uh, this series, and all oh, game one we lost game one because we didn't have Randall. Oh, Randall's the savior. Randall had a pretty well, like everyone else, had a pretty shit game last last night. So who's the savior now? Maybe it's like we need to to be better. We need to especially mentally we need to be able to overcome adversity especially in the playoffs that's why these the the win didn't didn't feel didn't feel as as big the loss this loss is um you feels tremendous we need a good game four from everyone to step up and to add up to tibbs how is this like for example how is his fault that quickly is playing terrible I mean, it, it's nothing coach-wise. Like, quickly, do something different. No, like, quickly, do what you always, you did for 82 games. Mm -hmm. He can't. He's not able to do it. And we need that. The second unit needs it as well. Even with the when he plays, he, he plays the minutes with the first unit, we need that ball handling, that shot falling, that creativity, He, he the, the shot creation he has. He doesn't have it. Like, he loses that. He loses something, keeps losing players. No, Grimes was injured. He's getting back. Randall was injured, getting back. Brunson is struggling. That affects the whole game plan as well. Like we can't, I can't rely on these guys as much as heavily, or the guys won't execute as perfectly because, I mean, you when you hurt when we they're professional athletes, yeah. But when we're home and we hurt something, we will do things differently. That ah, I know my my leg hurts, so I won't push it as much. So. Two weeks ago or one week ago, Tibbs was the best coach, one of the best coaches in the NBA. And now he's only how things change, it. right? Like just literally in the Cavs series, like, oh, he's basically coached a perfect series. You know, people we said that people were saying that. 
And now it's just like, oh, this bum. Usher in the Shadi Bryant era. It just just shows you how how short the attention spans are of of your average fan, right? And you know, you, but it's, you the, try... it's the vultures again, Omar. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's the vultures again. I keep mentioning. Go for it, Alex. You know, Go for it. It was the same. I saw them. I saw them with Randall again today as well. They're just yeah. like taking them to pieces. You know, it doesn't take much. They're sit quietly in the dark, in the shadows, just and waiting. then yeah. one game, one series, they just jump all over it. It's like suddenly they appear, and it's like <laughs> here we are. We all know the vultures. RJ yeah. Vultures, Randall Vultures, Tibbs Vultures. It's it's amazing. No one's safe, man. You got Brunson <laughs> Vultures. They're everywhere. You know. So, uh, you know, you guys were talking about Game Four. We've mentioned it quite a few times throughout the podcast about being a must-win. So, uh, this week, two games for sure, three games potentially. Uh, so tomorrow, Game Four in Miami. Wednesday. Uh, game five in New York, and if necessary, game six back in Miami on Friday. So I guess, what do you guys think is going to happen this week? Uh, are the Heat going to close out in five? Are the Knicks going to push it to six or push it to seven? What are we thinking? Um, I, I don't know this is a, a pretty obvious answer, but like the, you know, obviously we, we we've already said that you know game four is a must win, so. Um, you know, if that is a must, if that is a win, then I can see it going seven. If it's a loss, I can just see them Miami winning out in five. I, I, I think that's just such a pivotal game that I, I, you know, I can't really see any other scenario. Um, and again, I think injuries could 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 just make the difference. Do you know, it's there's so many players playing hurt right now that, um. You know, without having you know knowing what they're going to be like after Game Four, I think it, it, yeah, I think that could turn the series. So, um, I think we're so reliant on on certain players in our roster, and that when the when the heart or the they're out, I think it just makes such a difference. So, I think our best hope is to to keep everyone healthy and and win that Game Four. I think that's I think that's all that's gonna. I think that's our only shot shot at winning this series. So. Yeah, it's if we don't win tomorrow, uh, I think we're we're down. I don't think. I hope not in five. And I say this because MSG doesn't deserve to see the the, the heat mm-hmm. finishing us off. Mm-hmm. You know, we fans don't deserve that. All the the, the support and all the, the craziness around it surrounding the team. So I would I I, w- I don't see us winning in six. I see us winning in seven. If we if the season uh, the series ends in six, it's for the Heat. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, but the game tomorrow, we need to we, we need to come out strong. We need to be way better than we were in game three. Uh, no player, every player in the roster wants to be better for for tomorrow. Um, yeah, man, but it's um. Going to be a battle again because the Heat are motivated. Like they've they've outplayed the Knicks in the three games we 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 played so far, and what we need to show them game four that we 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 can be better than this. Obviously, we can't be better than this because game three was it was shit. It was shit. Um, I'm gonna agree with both of you here. I think game four, obviously, they have to win this game. Uh, so I'm gonna say they're gonna win it. Um, 
Rafa, you and I last week were both kind of in agreement that this was going to be a seven-game series, you know, and uh, I think that's still the case. I think it goes to seven at the Garden, and uh, so to get there, you know, they're going to have to win uh, win tomorrow and hopefully, you know, at the very least uh, win game five at the Garden, and, you know, if they drop game six to pick and it goes to seven. I think that's kind of the way I would, I would forecast it going, but I still think there's a seven game series. I still think these teams are very, very much evenly matched. Um, and, you know, I know Rafi said that they they've outplayed us all three games, but, you know, with the exception of yesterday, like the first two games, uh, you know, they're, they were kind of in it the whole way, you know, even for how bad they looked. Right. You know, and, and I think that's the indication this is going to be a really good series. Um, real quick, guys, before we sign out here, uh, obviously there's three other series going on around the NBA. Um, have any of these series kind of piqued your interest while while you've been watching the Knicks or not really? Yeah, I think, I th- I think the playoffs have been really good um, in general. I, I, I don't think there's been that m- many really bad games. Um, there's not been that many... Um, Obviously, early in the in the series, the Kings Warriors was amazing. Um, yeah. I think the all the stories around about the Lakers Warriors, you know, Steph v LeBron and all these kind of things. Um, that's 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 a really interesting one as well. Um, my pick from the start of the season, the Nuggets are looking really good as well. Um, and they get obviously up against KD and 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 Booker. that's the um, series that I'm most interested in, Alex, mm, mainly because yeah. it's kind of like organic rebuild versus all in move to trade a star. Like who wins yeah. that series, right? How, yeah. how much does chemistry really matter? You know, Denver they've been playing together for multiple years now, especially that core of Jokic yeah. and Murray and MPJ. Versus the Suns, who played like twelve games together before the playoffs with, yeah, with KD, yeah. you know it's uh it's kind of Plus an interesting play, dynamic. You, yeah, you can you know I'd happily watch any game that Jokic plays in. You know he's just such yeah. a fun player to watch. And um, then you've got the you know Philly Celtics, which would all the kind of history behind that, and um, you know that's a that's a heavyweight uh, matchup as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think the playoffs have been great in general. So. Um and obviously having having the Knicks in there just usually at this time of year you you're on Tankathon just trying to kind of see where we're going to end up and you know just having the Knicks involved at this time of year is just you know guys a lot of reason nine days just going, we don't really care <laughs> yeah <laughs> how great is but, that feeling right yeah when we're when we're out at this stage and you've got you know eight other teams uh, left left you know you, you're just kind of take a bit of a back seat and and what but because the Knicks are in there you. You get invested in the other series as well. I think uh, you're just going to get involved in the whole playoff, whole playoff experience. I was looking forward to that Denver Phoenix series, and by the way, that the two matchups, the Lakers and the the the, the Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors and the uh, um, Kings, uh, the 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 yeah, um, the the Grizz the the Kings, it like. If the Kings moved on to play the Lakers, historical battle as well. All the late early two thousands late battles between the two teams, which uh, with Shaq and everything, would be massive. And if it was obviously Grizzlies versus Golden State Warriors, I mean Dylan Brooks shenanigans and everybody battling would be amazing. So, but Lakers 
Golden State Warriors, obviously great. I was looking forward to that. Denver with Phoenix. I kind of got surprised with the the Boston and Philly series. I was, especially with the uh, um, uh, Embiid being injured mm-hmm. again. I was thinking, mm, Harden, I don't know, Harden can do that alone. I don't think Harden has it anymore. Boy, was I mistaken. Yeah, Boy, two games has been magnificent. Yeah, that's the series. That's the series I I want to see very very badly now. Like this game, this game four was uh, something Incredible. else as well. So yeah, yeah, great game. And today. so um, and a great game from Harden again tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, dropped forty two. Uh, just looking like Houston Harden all over again, but better because he's such a better passer now. You know, and which yeah. is crazy. You know, he's um. Uh, how he's evolved, you know, well, it could be a situation that he's just trying to get that last payday, you know, because he's unrestricted free agent this off season, but Hey, he's, he's looked great. And uh, that, that's a fun series. I mean, they're all, they're, they're all fun series, you know, which, which is great to see. Um, so it was nice to no watch some non rooting interest basketball, you know, outside of the <laughs> Knicks stress, stress bill that we're, that we're all in right now. So by the way, it's, this is the most classical thing from the playoffs. Chris Paul is injured. Yeah, classic yeah, yeah. Chris. Every year. Classic Every year, playoffs. Man. Classic Chris Paul playoffs. Classic. It's amazing. Yeah, Always it's, injured. It's, it's so unfortunate. So unfortunate because he's such a good player, right? You know, and you you want to see him at least have a chance to compete, you know, and not be out for multiple games. And, you know, they're, they just tipped off uh, over there in Phoenix. So, you know, we'll see how, uh, how they handle and they could even up the series at 2-2. But that is going to wrap us up for another episode of the podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WWNixPodcast. If you like listening to us, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and turn on uh, the notification icon to receive updates when we get up to our new episodes. Make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, please subscribe there and leave us a rating and a review. On behalf of the guys, Omar here, Worldwide Knicks. Hopefully we're talking about a Game 7 next week and uh, the Knicks continuing their season. But until then, go Knicks, and we will see you next week.